everybody. Cheers. Happy Wednesday or whatever day of the week it is when you're watching or listening to this. Welcome to the With Her Two Hands podcast, your weekly live stream podcast that celebrates women in the trades, women who build, fix, and make the things that make the world go round with her own two hands. I am your host, Bogie. I am an auto mechanic by trade, but I am passionate about promoting and celebrating women throughout the industrial trades. Uh, we've been doing this series for about four years now. Oh my goodness. Um, and it has been just a ton of fun to meet all of these incredible women. Women are by far the minority throughout the industrial trades, less than 10% across the board, less than 1% in some trades, uh, but our numbers are growing and they're thousands and thousands of amazing women kicking butt in the industrial trades every day. And this series is all about celebrating them and helping share their story in hopes of normalizing the whole idea of women working in the trades, right? Let's do that. You guys are a part of that. All of your comments, your likes, your shares are all a big help in making that happen. And just being here every week and being part of these celebrations means the world. So thank you very much for tuning in and being part of this. Uh, we've got a very cool guest tonight. Her name is Whitney Bittner. She is a journeywoman carpenter out of Canada. She is also a relatively new business owner. She has started out on her own uh, not too long ago. So definitely some interesting perspectives there. I'm excited to hear from her. Before we dive in, quick thank you to our partner for this episode, Drive Time. They've been our partner in this series for some time now. We're very grateful to have them. They do a ton of work uh, behind the scenes promoting women in the trades, uh, and this is part of that, supporting the series. But they also, within their organization, create incredible opportunities for young people to find their home within the automotive industry. They do a lot of training. They do a lot of nurturing to help people find um, what it is that's going to work for them them for a long-term career, whether it's mechanical, paint, body, detailing, you name it, they've got a home for you. So if you're looking for a new-to-you car uh, or a new place to call home as your job, definitely give Drive Time a look. There will be information for them down below in the description. Um, and with that, I am going to stop blabbing because we have this great guest for tonight hanging out in the background waiting to join in, and I know you guys are really excited to meet her, as am I. So without further ado, Miss Whitney Bittner. Hello. How are you? Hi. Hi, everybody. I'm good. I'm nervous, but I'm excited to be here. Um, <laughs> Don't this is my nervous. first podcast, so I'm very excited. It's your first one ever? Yes, ever. Oh my gosh, I'm so honored. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Thank you for saying yes. I'm so excited. Don't be nervous. I don't bite. I promise. <laughs> so once I get started off the work, I'll be fine. There you go. There you go. I mean, you're talking about you. It's like you're like you're you've been training your whole life for this topic. You're good. You got this. <laughs> so um tell the fine folks at home, uh, introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, where you're from. So, as you mentioned, my name is Whitney Bittner. I am a resident of Canada. I am from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, uh, right dead set in the middle of the prairies. I was born and raised here, born and raised um, in the north. So, um, spending all my time outdoors has definitely just been a way of life for me. And I think that's really what's brought me into construction and carpentry is the fact that we are outside and it just it just feels so natural. So... So did you grow up around the trades? Was it like something that you were exposed to early on or? No, I did not. No, like it's, it's such an odd story. I have people all the time asking like, was your dad in construction? Was your mom in construction? I'm like, no, they weren't. Um, <laughs> I actually um, started, I got into construction like completely on a whim. So I needed a job after college to start paying back my student loans and I was okay. just applying through like all kinds of labor work I had no idea what any of it even meant I'm like it's outside I'll try it and um <laughs> and yeah getting hiring get got hired on um with a landscape construction company so we were out at the lake okay. and we were building like decks and pergolas a lot of like stonework but it was right on the lake, like lakefront properties. I'm just like, this is a dream. And I was hooked, like instantly hooked after the first week, like sweating, I was tired. And I'm just like, 
this is still fun. It was, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to explain. It just clicked for me. And I, I really wish I would have started sooner in that moment. That's awesome. What did you go to college for? I'm curious. Photojournalism. Okay. That's a switch. Not, not, okay. A, yeah. Not at all construction related. <laughs> I grew up like on a farm outside of a, a smaller city and the okay. only real work that I wanted to do was in Toronto and I had no desire to move to a huge city. I'm nope, nope. So I'm like, I'll just figure it out and never That's went so down funny. that rabbit hole. And here I am. I love it. How funny. So photo, photojournalism to construction. Yeah. Um, what, what made you, so given that you kind of didn't grow up around the trades, you went to college for photojournalism. When you were looking for jobs out of college, you said you were looking at all sorts of like labor jobs. What made you look at labor jobs specifically. I mean, a lot of people would be like, oh, I'm looking for like retail or customer service or whatever. Like you specifically set to labor. What what was the appeal there or what drew you there? In all honesty, like it was quite a few years ago. And and now that you asked me this question, I'm like, I, I don't know what was going through my mind at the time. Um, I think it was just <laughs> you know, the end of the school season is like the, the beginning of prime construction season. And in all honesty, it was probably just something that came up, um, just anything that was available. And a lot of it seemed simple enough for me to do, right? Like you can rake, you can shovel, you can push a wheelbarrow. It was all chores that we did as a kid. I'm like, this is actually someone's job. Like the trades was just not <laughs> even a thing in my mind. And I, yeah. ballsy little Whitney at 20 years old, went for it, I guess. And it worked. <laughs> I love it. How did people respond to you when you were applying to jobs? You had no background in it other than like, you know, having done stuff as tourists when you were a kid, like were, were people like open to you coming in and, and learning as a, as a total newbie? I want to say yes and no. Like the times have definitely changed and I really feel like I got lucky in that time and starting when I did, because this day and age, you almost have to know somebody to get into the trade mm. with no experience. Like I didn't even know how to use a circ saw. I didn't know how to cut a two by four. I'd never swung a hammer in my life. Like oh. I knew nothing. And with it being a seasonal job, I was like, I want to continue this, but I don't have any other experience. And all, you know, all the other companies would say you need two years, five years, whatever. I just had a summer season. Right. And when I applied um, and got into concrete, I sent resumes out to multiple different companies in the bigger city because there's more opportunity. And this company just called and hired me knowing that I was green. But looking okay. back now, it is super beneficial, I think, to have somebody with no experience because you're kind of able to, to mold them into your company values, into the ways of the safety and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, yeah they definitely took a big risk on me and I, I hope it paid off for them. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always so interesting to me that so many companies within, throughout the trades, they're always like, they're looking for somebody with five years of experience. They're looking for people with with skills and experience who've been doing the work for forever. I'm like, don't you want somebody that you don't have to untrain the bad habits? Like, get them in when they're green. Like, and that would fix our trade deficit issue and like the lack of, nobody's always complaining that they can't find people. Like, we'll be willing to train them up and then you'll be able to find all the people in the world. <laughs> like, you mm -hmm. just have to take it against people. So how yeah, long were you with agree. that company that, uh, that took that chance on you? How long were you with them? So I was with them for about two and a half years and loved every part of it it was um a commercial construction or commercial concrete construction company here in the city so we were okay. doing um things like parkades um parkade slabs condos it in the city that i'm in we're kind of just in the middle of um permitting and allowing buildings to go up when i had started oh. so my first high rise was a four story and at that time i was like wow like working at heights right that's a whole different thing <laughs> and um so i was with them for a couple of years and then just wanted to, to try something different like it i'm i'm all about change i'm all about embracing change yeah. and doing new things and trying new things even though they're they're terrifying um <laughs> so i ended up um applying to this other company it was all concrete and the same thing Okay. But they worked on the road. Okay. So I was not I was not home. I would be gone with a completely different ridiculous schedule. That's a whole different rabbit hole. But 
Um, it, it was a very smooth transition to go from one to the next. If anything, it was just a different crew. Okay. So were you with the same, when you were on the road, were you with the same crew on the road? You were traveling together? For the most part, yeah. Like we had, um, so we were building um, grain elevators. So okay. in the area of the world that I am, we're, we're farmers and we have grain terminals all across the prairies. Um, and they're normally, I'll say within about an hour of like a big major center. So we're okay. in like small towns. And so we would have a, a carpentry uh, crew that would go in first, do all the construction. And then we'd have a separate crew of welders, millwrights, iron workers, crane operators, all that kind of fun stuff come in after us and put all the mechanical stuff together. Okay. So it was a big enough company that there were different carpentry crews, but for the most part, we kind of stayed together just for timeline wise. Um, yeah. And I was with them for like six and a half years and those, I still talk oh, to wow. those guys to this day. Yeah. That's awesome. We definitely, uh, awesome. we bonded, spent a lot of time together, right? Away from home and away from our, yeah. our significant others and kids and everybody. So yeah, um, it was yeah. an experience for sure. That's awesome. Do you prefer that like in, in hindsight or if you were making recommendations to somebody else going into what you do, do you recommend that kind of on the road versus being stationary? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm very much a gypsy to my core. I will sleep on a couch. I will sleep on the street. I don't care. I just want the experience. Right. So, yes. um, it doesn't work out for everybody. Cause I, I'm not married. I don't have kids it just worked, right? I, it wasn't hard for me to leave. Um, yeah. Whereas I'll say about 85% of the crew that I worked with had wives, had kids, had husbands at home. Yeah. Um, if you can make it work, I 100% say go for it because you meet a lot of people in towns that you'd never stop in otherwise. Mm. Um, you eat some of the best food at places <laughs> you'd never stop otherwise. And... <laughs> Just in general, between, we'll say, like, residential carpentry and the industrial side of things, it's like two different careers. There's a whole set of skills, learning how to mm. operate equipment, all of the safety aspects of being an industrial site with hundreds of people on the same site, right? Yeah. There's a lot more to think about, but it's nice to bring that now into a smaller residential sense because Interesting. at the end of the day, we're all, we're all trying to get home safely right with all of our fingers all of our toes ideally um, yep <laughs> it's just it's it's just more on your resume which is great i think for anybody yeah absolutely i'm curious because i've spoken with a couple of different women who've who've done kind of traveling jobs and and some have expressed both loving it and also had some safety concerns with being on the road with with large groups of guys and sometimes being the only woman, did you encounter any of that? Was that ever a concern for you? Yes and no. Like there were definitely quite a few challenges that I faced, but the management that I had was pretty welcoming of me. And I don't know, I don't know if that's common with it, with everybody. A lot of the times the guys would room together in hotels. So we'd get put up in hotels. I always got my own room, obviously being the only girl. Um, and I was the only girl, of course. And, um, but a lot of the times, like after we got in a couple of months, we get to figure out everybody was pretty much the same age. Um, we would rent a house together, like a four or five bedroom house together. And everybody would just rent a room because we got paid more, right? Sure. So we would just share a room. We got laundry. I'd cook. The guys would clean. It just kind of worked. It was weird to go to work every day. And then you go home with the same guys. And then on the weekends, you have nothing to do. So you hang out with the same guys. Right. Um, <laughs> but but looking back now, like it, sure, you bicker and stuff like you would with your siblings. But right. it just made it like, feel a lot more homey being on the road, yeah. I guess, versus just being in a hotel room by yourself. Um, you became a little family. And then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I said, I still talk to the to the guys to this day. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I had a really good experience with it. That's awesome. I love it. That's really good to hear. Um, so they they were accepting. Obviously, they they took you in and they didn't question or have any issue with you being a woman. That's that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So you said you did face some challenges. What were those challenges? Do you mind sharing? I think right off the hop, I was perceived as the lone wolf the weakling, right? Especially being mm. the only woman. Um, 
there was another lady that came on later on. She was also a carpenter and she transitioned into safety. Um, There were a couple of other women in different trades. Like I said, we'd have the carpentry crew come in first and then the mechanical crew. So there's a couple of welders and stuff that we kind of cross paths with. Um, I just found myself and especially being so new, like at this point I was still just a first year apprentice. I didn't know framing. I didn't know all of the tools. I didn't know this specialty kind of concrete that I was starting in with this company. Right. Um, And it took a lot of waking up at 4am to be on site for six, dragging my feet, wanting to quit many times when it's minus 30 degrees, you're in the middle of a field. Like there was just a lot of miserable low times that even looking back now, I'm like, I don't know what kept me going. Um, (laughs) It's just one of those things that you'll have bad days, you'll have bad weeks, you'll have bad months. You just have to keep going. You have to have to have to keep going. And I feel like in me doing that and building that trust and showing that I can still show up the same way that the guys can um, just kind of built some kind of like an unspoken respect with everybody. And the jokes just started to get easier. I started to get included in a lot more things. It was just, just time, time in the trenches, I think. Okay. That's fair. I, I, I was going to ask you how you got through those hard times, but you said you don't know how. <laughs> Do you yeah, have I, any any recollection or any thought of like what kept you going? Or was it just like a I don't give up kind of thing? I think it's a combination of both. Like um, I am a very stubborn person. And growing up in the climate that we do, like I said, there were days where you'd go outside within 30 minutes. Your eyelashes are frozen together. Like you're getting frostbite bite on your fingers the wind is so bad but with everybody in the same mindset that we're all equally cold but we still need to get this done it just became more of like a community thing if we work together we get to go home um the pay was also working on the road was awesome I was able to experience things buy things for myself that I never would have been able to do otherwise um not that money is like always the motivating factor, but at the same time it is, especially right when you're young. Um, And I, like I said, I love to travel. So that was always a big thing. And then I think just knowing that on the days when it got really hard, if you were that person that stayed home, it would almost become like a downfall, like a bad joke, like the harassment thing that we all experience. And I I never wanted to be that person. I've always seen myself as, the underdog, but I always wanted to keep up with everybody. Right. So um, I also grew up with three brothers. So I think that (laughs) that helps mentality. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Just, just don't give up. Just keep going. (laughs) Did you at any point consider like, like, screw this. I'm going back to photojournalism. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, this yeah. was a fun I, side venture, but. <laughs> I still sometimes to this day, like, what have I gotten myself into? But. Um, yeah, I still question just... that 20 years later, if it makes you feel any better. Yeah. I'm still like, yeah. what did I. <laughs> yeah. What screws happened? Like, where did I go wrong? But it's just the nature of the beast right it's we all have good days and bad days but you you just can't help but go back and laugh at like oh man that was crazy so what's made you stay like what what about what you do and and the work has made you stay despite the challenges despite the the pulls to other passions that you've had in the past and training that you have like what what made you stick with it and say that this is where you're putting your stake in and calling home? I would have to say just the fact that you're being able or you're able to create something with your hands. Like it's the way that I learn, I need to see somebody do something and I remember it. And to to have clients approach me or to look at a, a set of blueprints or to be given a set of blueprints from your your superintendent and say, here, build this. It's just, it's hard to put into words what, you know, your mind does some calculations, you learn some skills and you have a condo building or you have a house <laughs> or you have a, a kitchen, right? Like it's yeah the, the amount of creativity in anything from finished carpentry to concrete, to framing, to roofing, to literally anything, any trade really, right? 
um, is just that end goal and seeing all of the blood, the sweat, the tears, and you have yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's overwhelming, but it's, it's definitely addictive, right? It, it keeps you going. Yeah. And it's something that's really hard to explain. Like you're absolutely right. Like I, I struggle with how to explain that sense of satisfaction. Like I get from working on cars. I can only imagine when it's on the scale of like, I just built a condo complex or like I just built a, a house. Like that's huge. Um, there's such a sense of satisfaction. And it is so hard to explain that to somebody of like, I did, I did that. <laughs> like I made that happen. Um, it's, yeah. it's a pretty cool. You thing. know, those memes that's that cool. they always say with the dads driving around with their kids, like, look, kids, I built that. <laughs> that's me. Right. <laughs> I'm so it. guilty for that driving around with my niece. Like I built that. <laughs> Right, as you yeah, should um, be proud. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a very powerful feeling. It's pretty That's cool. awesome. So are you raising your niece up to be a little trades lady too? <laughs> I'm hoping so. I did buy her <laughs> have her when she was like six months old. We went I took her to Home Depot and took a picture with it and I tried nice. to show her like one day. <laughs> you will follow I me. Tried, <laughs> I tried with my niece to get her into cars, she was not having it. So <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. She'll no, do what she wants, I'm sure. 100%. They, have, they do what they want. <laughs> <laughs> but I tried, dang it. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you are Journey Woman Carpenter. You're Blue Seal, you're Red Seal. So I, I help me understand a little bit because I'm only loosely familiar with the Canadian system. Um, in order to get those, do you have to go through schooling? Because you kind of started off with no training and kind of jumped right in. Did you at some point go back and get training or it does time and experience count towards those certifications as well? Um, so I, it, there is definitely formal education. I'm not sure how it compares to, to you guys in the States, but so the Red Seal, the journeyman um, process in Canada, so there's different trades that allow different timelines. For example, welding is a three-year program. I'm in carpentry. It's a four-year program. So okay. um, when I started with that first company, the one in the very beginning, um, he had asked me if I was interested in being indentured, which means you get signed up as an apprentice under a journeyman. And after your three-month probation, they start logging your hours. So you essentially work for 10 months of the year and then you go to school for two months and you okay. do that four times. Okay. Um, so they sent you back school, to, to training. Yeah. So about seven, seven weeks, seven to eight weeks. Um, okay. You go back and I, I timed mine to go in the winter. It was just a nice break to right. Just to be inside, switch it up. Cause our winters are so long and some of them are so miserable. Um, yeah. So I got pretty lucky with that. I was able to complete all of mine in the winter. And then nice. before I got into um, photojournalism right out of high school, I took a business course, like just a entrepreneurship program. It was like a diploma program. And okay. I had no idea what blue seal, what gold seal was. So I think there's sure. only a couple of provinces in Canada that recognize that. So oh. Once I passed my journeyman exam after four years of working and four years of school or four seven week blocks of school, um, my fourth year teacher was like, you should apply for your, your blue seal. I'm like, what is that? And because I already had those credits for business, she's like, you just need to submit your transcript. And it's essentially oh, nice. just a little bit more education if you're ever interested in applying for project management or anything of that sort it has a lot more of a business background so you learn a lot more about like the budgeting the scheduling all that kind of fun stuff right okay yeah. but I found that in all the companies that I ever worked with there was only one that even recognized it hmm. so I, I don't I didn't really find any of the benefit in it it's just more of a, a bragging right thing unless you yeah. step into like the bigger commercial industrial the mine work is where they they take that into account and then after the blue seal, there's a gold seal standard, which I'm definitely going to get this wrong because I, I don't have it. Um, <laughs> but it's like a five-year minimum um, supervisory um, experience. You need to have managed so many million dollars in projects. Um, there's oh, like a safety record you need to have. But it's like an elite level ticket okay. that is very recognized. And your name essentially gets put into... A directory will say across the country and people can 
hire you based on that. Oh, um, which interesting. It is definitely interesting. I think I'll definitely look into having because, like I said, I'm I'm very much a person who will try try everything and try to get all right. the experience I can. So, <laughs> heck uh, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I had not actually I'd heard I'd heard of blue seal and red seal. I'd not heard of gold seal. So that's thank you for yeah. for enlightening me on that. That's awesome. I'm gonna look into that more. That's cool. So and that's a great segue because you now you own your own business now, right? I do. <laughs> so how did that come about and what what prompted that? What made you make the decision to say, okay, it's time, I'm going out on my own, I'm doing my own thing? Um, so during COVID, during the tail end of COVID, I was still working with that company. I was on the road. I was okay. working out on the West coast. Um, if you're, if any of you are familiar with Vancouver, I was in Vancouver. This place okay. is massive, like crawling with people and COVID had hit. I ended up getting a phone call from a project manager in our head office, a couple of provinces over. and she'd always come to site she'd stop by once a month during her tours we'd always chat we always kind of like had some kind of like a a friendly banter um yeah anyway she called me the one day and asked if i was interested in becoming a project coordinator in the office i'm like hell yeah let's do it because i i was always interested in the business side of things for sure okay so i transitioned to that and this was during the peak of covid and the rules were ridiculous. We had to stay home, work from home. Excuse me. The gyms were closed. The restaurants were closed. Everything was closed. So I had moved to this new city, not knowing a soul, not able to meet anybody. Loved the work that I did. Um, it was fulfilling in a different type of way. But it just wasn't the same satisfaction that you get from being in the field. Like yeah. I could build the grain elevators on paper and scheduling and get all these crews to do it. But it just, it just wasn't me to my core. Yeah. So I ended up leaving and I'm like, I need to find something that will fulfill me in the way that working with those guys did. Like those guys became family to me. And so I moved home, took like, quit my job on a Friday, started a new job on a Monday, like drove home 12 hours. It was, it was just a whole thing. <laughs> and being in concrete for so long, I really doubted myself. Like I'd, I'd always stayed up to date on YouTube, watching videos on how to do drywall, how to install windows, how to do doors and trim and paint all the fun stuff, all the fun, creative stuff. But I'd yeah. never actually had the experience of doing it. And it was only up until that time that I really started to show myself, show my face a lot more on Instagram and just build mm. those relationships. And I'd reached out to different contractors in the city. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. Like you own your own business. I, again, I didn't know that was possible. Like it was just <laughs> like, these people were Jesus that they could own a business. And like, there were other <laughs> women that I found on there that were business owners. I'm like, yeah, how are you guys doing this? Like, and it was just a matter of, like I said, cultivating those friendships asking questions and honestly just getting um the advice the encouragement from them saying yeah. that all it takes is you know ask your auntie ask your your neighbor if they need something done right it just takes that one person to again take that chance on you and kind of build that that mutual trust there that's how it started and then it's I just been it. like a word of mouth so I ended up I ventured off a little bit. I took a little bit of a detour and I, I got hired on with this residential company. It was just me and him. It was a small crew. It was so fun because he, he dabbled into a little bit of everything from A to Z. So nice. I'm just like, holy crap, like I can actually do this stuff. I'm not just a concrete carpenter. Like I, I can paint walls. I can do drywall. I can frame yeah. stuff. And at the same time, the way that my mind works and how organized I like to be. I'm like, you know what? I can actually start a business. So as I was working with him, I was kind of getting some of the paperwork and stuff ready. And he just kept telling me like my first job just started from word of mouth. I'm like, what do you mean? And now I'm, I'm just about a year. I think February, beginning of February will be one year. And I have stayed nice. busy enough to keep myself busy, like just through word of mouth. So I put nice 
told people on Instagram, told family friends, I got business cards, put free ads out online through just Facebook and people sharing. And it's, I just had somebody, a client from earlier in the summer actually text me again this morning, asking me to come back and do another job. And I'm like, like, is this my real life? Like it, uh, it's just, it's so crazy, but you, you truly just have to try the things and do the things that scare you because if I never yeah. would have left that job in the office, like I'd, I'd still be there probably miserable, right. Feeling <laughs> stuck, you know? And yeah, no, goes. absolutely. I love it. Well, congratulations on a year in that is no small feat. Um, and I, I know the, I know the fear of taking that leap and starting from scratch um, all too well. And, uh, and and that first year is definitely challenging. So you made it. Yay. That's fantastic. Um, that's very exciting. And I love, like, the, you know, the phrase, like, you are the sum total of the people you spend, like, the five people you spend the most time with, right? Like, who we surround ourselves with is, like, who who we become and what we're able to accomplish. And I think your, your story is such a testament of that. Like you didn't know all of these things were options until you started meeting people who did them. And then you're like, Oh, I can do that too. Like it's such a perfect, like, uh, um, like it just explains that, that idea so perfectly. Your life has been a perfect example of that. I love it. So you're a year in and is it everything you hoped it would be? What are the challenges? What are the like unexpecteds of being a business owner? Talk to me about it. <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to get emotional, but yeah, it Aww. has been um, a roller coaster, but <laughs> worth every second. Like everything you ever read about entrepreneurship, the late nights, the no sleep, the this, the that, that's exactly what it is. Um, but at the same time, the freedom of being able to call up my brother and my sister-in-law and my niece and go for lunch on a Friday, I'm like, this is the stuff that I always dreamed of when I was working for somebody else. But at the same time, I know that if I step out for lunch, I'm going to have to work a little bit later. My, my mm -hmm. clock doesn't end at three or at five or whichever, right? I have to unpack all the tools, do all the inventory, just do all of the, the back end behind the business things. Um, having taken that business course right in the beginning, uh, that was like 15 years ago now, um, a lot of that has kind of translated into what I do now, but there's also been a very steep learning curve in learning how to properly file my PST and GST, do all the taxes, all the stuff that I just kind of forgot about because I never had to worry about before. Right. <laughs> um, and again, reaching out to Instagram to the friendships that I have, to other tradespeople um, who also own businesses and just asking similar questions. Yeah. How did you do this? What is your opinion on this? And just bouncing off ideas, finding like-minded people. Um, Instagram has truly been, I, I think, the, the thing that has brought me here today and just having that platform to be able to connect to other people um, and ask the questions, get the answers, get the advice, get the help and just have fun and create a virtual friendship. I've met a lot of the people and I haven't, prime example, why well, I'm here today. And yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I have a lot of goals for myself in this business. Um, and there's definitely a lot more still that I need to learn. But the fact that it, there is so many unknowns is what's keeping me going because at the same time I know that I can never go back to being on somebody's schedule like yeah. I, I don't want to be outside for somebody else's clock at 5 a.m when I can <laughs> be sitting at the computer doing mindless paperwork at 5 a.m it's just it's just a different kind of fulfillment <laughs> yeah absolutely can and want to are different things right like you spent a lot of time proving that you can be there at 5 a.m and kick butt and now it's like okay uh, yeah, no, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> but I, I love that you point out the whole like this, the schedule thing, like there is that freedom to go take lunch with your friends or your family whenever you want. But at the same time, like, you know, people tend to see that part of it. Like, oh, you get to just do whatever you want. They tend not to see the other side of it. It's like, yeah, 
but I have to make that time up somewhere else. Like, and that means working at five o'clock in the morning or whatever it is. Like you still have to get it done. You just are in control of when you get it done. So there's pros and pros and cons, two sides of that coin. Mm-hmm, for sure. What would you say has been like the biggest challenge for you of, of starting your own thing? Has it been the, like the paperwork and the taxes and that kind of stuff? Like what, what, what's been the the hardest piece for you to adjust to or learn or figure out? I would have to say all the things that I don't know. (laughs) Prime example, when to register for GST. Like, I don't know. Google's just telling me all these things. There's no one set course nobody just gives yeah. you a book and says here this is how you start a business you have to do this 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 right. you just find out the hard way and somebody comes and tells you like you have to pay this i'm like what <laughs> yeah. or you miss the deadline and now you like have that. to pay a fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what yeah oh man yeah just so many unknowns and um like i said it's just a matter of finding not necessarily a mentor you don't need to go it it is very helpful but just finding like-minded people, just asking questions. There's no such thing as a dumb question. Um, And I have found strangers especially are more than willing to help one another and help one another succeed. It's, it's been crazy. Just, yeah. Just in the, again, just in the people that I've met, the people that I haven't met. And it's just like, here's all this free information, take it as you will and run with it. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's a lot of, uh, I feel like in the trades often, and maybe it's just changing, but often there's this like mindset from some of the older guys of like, I'm not going to teach you my hard earned secrets and tricks and whatnot. And like, why should I teach you? Then you're going to be competition. Um, But then on the business side, it's totally different. Like people are like, here, let me teach you. Let me show you what I wish I had known when I got started. And like, there's so much more um, willingness to share knowledge, I find, than people expect there to be. If you ask. Yeah, 100%. You have to be, you have to be willing to be vulnerable and putting yourself in that position. And this is actually a great segue into um, another business. So I guess we'll call it. Um, so you had mentioned, you know, like there's a lot of people and I have found this too, still to this day, there's a lot of people that like to gatekeep information and to each their own, they spent a lifetime learning all of those skills and they obviously get compensated properly for those skills. Um, so in the fall, I took on a temporary job with, um, just a buddy of mine and he's got a small concrete crew. So we were doing some work and I met another girl in the trade. This is the first concrete former carpenter I've ever worked with. All the other women I've worked with have been in different trades. So we clicked like instantly. (laughs) And this is where, um, we came up with the idea called flatland sisters. So there are a lot of different, um, meetup groups across the country. And her and I had both found, because we're from the same area, just different different towns, that we never had people tell us what to do in construction, which which route to take. There's no information. There's no pamphlet saying, this is what carpentry is. This is what <laughs> crane operators do. This is what plumbers do. Um, there's no information out there like that in our immediate area it's everybody's out in the bigger cities so we created this program called flatland sisters which we're launching here this year and it's going to be exactly that just providing meetups social meetups um for people interested in trades people currently in the trades kind of bridging like a mentorship between the new and the old and just telling all of the people the things that i wish i was told when i started board 10 years ago Um, So I'm very excited about that. That is very exciting. Excuse me. That is awesome. I think there definitely needs to be so much more of that. I, especially among, among women, I think it's like super cool to see happening, but it be more of it in general. Cause it's like even like young boys coming out of school, like they don't know the path to follow either often, you know, I definitely, I was like you, I was not exposed to the trades when I was in high school and it was not something that like I, I had no clue like what my options were or what paths there were. Like I wound up in automotive, but like now all these years later, I'm like, there were all these other things that I could have done. Like that never occurred to me because it was never like presented. 
Yeah, I remember actually um, when I first started with that first company when I called because, like I said, I did I didn't even know how to use a saw. I didn't know what a jigsaw was. I didn't know nothing. <laughs> and the lady, I remember the lady on the phone told me she's like, "You have three options. You can become a concrete finisher, you can become a crane operator, or you can become a carpenter." I'm like, "What? Like, what does that mean? I didn't understand." Right. I was like, okay, I'll think about it. Just lying to her, right? So I ended up like, I, like, I got to go Google these my... things. <laughs> I went ask family members. And like I said, no, nobody in my family's in the trades. They're like handymen. Sure, they know how to fix stuff. But right. nobody was in the trade. So I was told just a very generic answer about what the three were. The concrete finisher always stayed late on site. The crane <laughs> operator sat down all day and moved machines. And a carpenter like built stuff. I'm like... I want to build stuff. So that's honestly how I got into it. And I looking back now, I'm like, there's so much more to it. <laughs> that's so, fantastic. I love yeah, it. I love your decision-making process. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Google. <laughs> I so relate though. There's so many decisions I've made like that. I'm like, okay, loosely we're going to go in that direction. Okay, cool. <laughs> I love it. Keeps things interesting. Totally. So now that you have your own business and you're doing your own thing, what um, what kind of work are you doing and, and what, what are the kinds of jobs that you love doing the most of, of the stuff that you do? So now that I've been in business for just about a year, I've kind of dabbled into a couple of different things that I normally wouldn't have done. Um, I have done um, just small concrete jobs on my own. Concrete is something that I'm knowledgeable in my sleep. It's my passion. I love to play in the mud. It's just my thing. But doing it on my own <laughs> is completely different. Um, okay. So I did a couple of decks and some sidewalks, just like some exterior um, work, landscape work. I actually just completed my first kitchen, full kitchen demo and renovation right before Christmas. Nice. Um, I have a custom handrail I have upcoming. Um, Awesome. I've so actually all over the place. Made, yeah. It's like I said, it's with residential construction, the creative bar is very high. There's anything and everything that you can dabble into. And yeah. I'm trying not to put myself in a bubble quite yet because I want to be able to experience the things that scare me and decide if it's something that I want to stick to. But yeah. like I said, Concrete, any kind of that form work, flat work is definitely my jam. So I'm, That's I'm awesome. one of the crazy people that loves to shovel dirt. <laughs> so when you say concrete, are you mostly doing like concrete, like, does that, you mean like concrete footings and concrete bases? Or are you talking like concrete countertops too? Does that, do you do like that yeah. kind of stuff? Um, All the things. It's definitely like a trend in this area, but it's not something I've been approached to do. It's okay. all foundation, footing. Um, okay. exterior work. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And do you feel like, like in now that you've dabbled into some of these other things, kitchens and that kind of stuff, do you feel yourself like being drawn more towards, um, staying with concrete and kind of that, that sort of genre or is, are you attracted to these other sorts of projects? Like you showed me a picture of your port, a porch that you had built, like that kind of stuff, kitchens, like, do you have, an area that seems to be pulling you more? It's definitely the the creativity of the residential that's pulling me more because it's, I spent the last 10 years doing concrete and now it's like a whole new door of things. Um, yeah. I am able and I am choosing to say no to jobs that I don't want to do because I'm now realizing how valuable just how my time is in general. <laughs> um but I don't want to turn off the concrete thing because for me, there's nothing more empowering than showing up at a man's house at the door and be like, I can build you a fucking driveway. Pardon my French. Um, and I can, do <laughs> this with, I can do this with a crew. I can hire the people. I can finish it. I can do it myself if I'm stubborn enough. Um, and you can still get really creative with that stuff, especially when it comes to exterior hardscaping, doing all of the stonework and the fountains and all, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, yeah. It's just only now like I said, only being a year in a business and having the winters that we do, my concrete window is so short because not mm. everybody has the funds or wants to pay for all of the diesel to heat it all. So 
um, that makes I'm really looking forward actually to this season and, and challenging myself and seeing just what I can do. Yeah. That's awesome. That's very cool. I forgot it's winter for you right now, right? It's, it's cold up yeah. there, huh? <laughs> I'm spoiled. I'm in it's Arizona. <laughs> don't, don't even, um, this winter has quite honestly been odd. We have like this much snow, whereas normally it's oh. this much. Um, yeah. Oh, interesting. There's still grass outside. It's, it's odd. Interesting. Very odd. Okay. Yeah. How, so when does it start warming up for you? Yeah, very, very um, cold compared to Arizona. We're, yeah. we're nice and toasty here. <laughs> I'm going to say about March, April. Oh, wow. Uh, it warms up, but it gets muddy. It's oh. a muddy hellhole until Ooh. about June. Get a lot of rain till June. June, July, August, oh. September are like hot, dying, probably close to Arizona heat. Yeah. Um, and then it's, it's back to sweaters and, and back, back to, to shoveling snow. So. Oh my god! And your busy season is probably in the summer when it's hot. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Any fun days. projects you have going on right now? Um, so at the moment, I actually just got back from vacation, um, Ooh, and nice. I'm just going on another vacation next week. Um, oh, excuse me, going to Mexico for a wedding, which I'm super excited about. Nice. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of the back end stuff at the moment. I have a lot of quotes, a lot of opportunities sitting on the table, but I'm just trying to wait for the clients to pull the trigger, schedule the dates. Once I get going, I'll have four jobs on the go. Um, nice. And then, like I said, it's just building those relationships with the clients, getting referrals, yeah. getting the word of mouth referrals, networking, um, but nothing immediately that I'm, I'm building. Yeah. Awesome. Do you, um, so it's just you, the business right now. Do you have plans? Do you see it growing into something bigger or are you just like subcontracting when you need other people or other, other types of skills or when you need additional hands, do you just hire additional people as subcontractors or what are your plans for the future? How do you see this going in the future? <laughs> um, it's kind of, kind of, a. I don't know. I don't know how to explain this one. I never pictured myself for one being a business, even though taking a business <laughs> course right out of high school. And I never really saw myself as a business owner, as somebody who had employees, but the people in my circle are constantly pushing me. Like you have all of these opportunities, especially being a woman, especially being a woman of minority in this country, you yeah. have to roll with it. But it's just a matter of getting myself to believe that. Right. Cause I'm just like, this isn't me. I'm just witty. I just build stuff. Like, um, so one of my goals for this year is to hire somebody and just really trying to transition into growing a company, growing a household name, not just for women. Um, I'm inclusive to whoever is into hard work and yeah. just seeing where it goes because I don't know anybody on my level. I don't know who my true competitor is. I'm sure there's other competitors mm -hmm. in the city. There's a lot of other great businesses in, in town that do concrete, that do residential, that do framing and stuff, but I don't know anybody like me to do the same. So that's definitely the thing that I'm challenging myself is to just see what happens. That's awesome. I love it. Very cool. And growth plan, because we're getting, we're getting close to our end of our hour already. Remember you were nervous at the beginning? See, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> our hour is almost gone. gone already. <laughs> so your your thoughts on um on your Flatland sister? Do you have what's the when is that launching and what's the plans with that and where can people find out more about it? So that, like I said, is something that we uh, myself, my partner Cody, um, she's another. I think she's a second year that we kind of just came up with on a whim and decided to launch um, November, December last year. It's only up okay. until now this year that we're going to plan to start to create some content, just get the word out okay. there. It's not meant to be crazy, but then again, who knows where it's gonna go. Yeah. Um, a lot of the, the programs in our community throughout the colleges offer women in construction, women in trade, um, just technical training. So I'm hoping that I'm able to reach out to them, branch out to them, collaborate somehow just to help get the word out. Um, and then we'll, we'll just plan to do 
meetups once a month, once every couple of months, just depending on um, the interaction, the amount of involvement and stuff that we get. And nice. I would love to be able to create some kind of a year-end gala where we can all get dressed up, we can all put our sparkly dresses on and just celebrate women, celebrate the achievements that you know we have done as a group, as individuals, um, as different women in different trades. Um, yeah, it's all just going to be a social thing, just to create awareness and create just some yeah. sort of like a comfort bubble to tell women, you know, that <laughs> concrete finishers don't just stay late on site, and crane operators don't just sit in a chair all day long. So, um, yeah, we've got some really creative, really fun ideas to go with this, and and. Awesome. really cater towards like a mental health aspect and stuff too um okay really be inclusive it. Right. Of, of men in this too so nice have you found a lot of women in your area through doing this and just through like you mentioned instagram and whatnot have you found more women in your area are there There's quite been a, a couple, few but again it's all in like the bigger centers so we're hoping yeah. that just by sharing this and promoting this that there's you know there's ones that just come out of the works and and reach out yeah. because I know that they're out there. They just don't have somewhere to go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's been interesting, like doing even like this podcast series, like there's, there's a lot of women who are really active on Instagram and social media and all of that. But then there's also like tons and tons of women who are just going to work every day. And like, and then you don't, you don't find them unless you know somebody who knows somebody who connects you and they're like, oh yeah, this is, this is Jane Doe. She's been working at this like independent car shop for 20 years and like nobody knows cause she's not on social media. Right. And so it's like finding those people too. It's like all of a sudden it starts opening up and you're like, oh my gosh, there's a ton of women out here doing this. Mm -hmm. It's really awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's cool. Very nice. Okay. So, um, if you could, well, let's see. I, I I have one more question about your business. So you're doing you're doing a lot of stuff that you've never done before. You're taking on jobs that have not necessarily been like your specialty. Do is it has is it scary at all? Like how when you decide to say yes to a project that you may or may not have done before, like how are you handling that and and how do you overcome it? Uh, my boyfriend gives me a lot of these and tells me like, stop doubting yourself, stop undercharging yourself. Like you are capable. Cause I'm just like, I'm so new at this. I don't know what I'm doing, but I find prime example with this podcast. As soon as I get there, as soon as I get into the moment, it just clicks. Like this is yeah. what it just comes naturally. And I think it's just from being so well-versed and spending my free time watching YouTube and watching reels and watching videos and just being so interested in how things work and then finding my own way and testing my limits and trying new things to make the thing work. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's terrifying. I, with this hand reel job that I have coming up, I am scared shitless, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm studying, I'm asking questions, I'm reaching out to people on Instagram, watching YouTube videos, and just really getting myself comfortable with what could come up, what materials to use. And it. then like, as soon as I get there, it just, it just happens. So I think that's my sign that I'm, I'm on the right path. Yeah, definitely. And it's nice to have somebody in your life who is like, do it, just do it. <laughs> like having that person, yeah. like you said, do your boyfriend scared. is like, yeah. Just do it. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Do it yeah. scared. Absolutely. Um, 100%. Throughout your years, one of the things we like to talk about on this show a lot is mentors. Um, do you have any specific mentors that you've had throughout the years that like, you know, really made an impact? And, and if so, what made them a good mentor? Um, I would have to say probably my very first superintendent. Um, this guy was the biggest asshole I have ever known <laughs> to mankind. I showed up on day two to site and he asked me what I was doing there. I'm like, oh, don't we start work at 7 a.m.? I don't understand. Like, it's just his way of trying to weed out the people. And you really, truly have to have a strong backbone to be in this industry, not just in construction, carpentry, in any trade because you will get these old men barking down your throat telling you that you're not good enough. You just have to yeah. keep going. Just put in your plugs, keep going. Um, but he truly took the time to explain not only why or just go do something, but 
the five W's, the who, what, where, when, why, why not to do something this way. And I find myself when I'm working with other apprentices or when I'm teaching or, or whichever, I'm doing the same thing just naturally because it really helped me click why certain methods work and why some of your ideas are actually dumb because they don't work. Yeah. Um, just having somebody <laughs> who really took the time to explain everything versus just go get the job done. That's awesome. I think that's really valuable for people to hear because I think a lot of the older generation doesn't necessarily even fully understand that that is something that I think the younger generation really needs. Like I, I try to explain that when I'm teaching teachers and, and just older guys in the industry is like, this younger generation, it's like, they don't want to just be told what to do. They want to be told why they're doing it. And if you can give them the who, what, where, when, and why, um, and it makes sense to them, then then they'll then they'll work to the moon and back. But they have to understand why they're doing it. It's not that kids don't want to work. It's that they need to understand why they're doing it. So that's huge. I think that's really important. That's mm -hmm. awesome. I think just building that initial... Um, kind of trust between especially being so new right just gives them that little boost of confidence so that the next situation yeah. that they go the next job that they do they run into the same situation it's like oh I remember this you can help right. the new guy um, yeah. yeah it was it was definitely a game changer for me having having him as a mentor that's awesome that's very cool but you describe still described him as the biggest asshole on the planet. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> we're actually we still we're still friends. There's uh, sporting events that happen in the city that'll I'll run into him and give him one of these. So <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> That's awesome. Sometimes the biggest jerks wind up being the best mentors. I my shop my first yeah. shop foreman was a huge jerk, but also a phenomenal mentor. And it was like, you know, you gotta. Mm got to learn how to not let the the assholey parts bother you so that you can get the good parts. <laughs> yeah, there's some smarts under under that big shell, but yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right. So, final question for the evening. You ready? So, final okay. final question is if you had the opportunity to go back and talk to younger Miss Whitney, little baby you or another little girl like you, what are your words of advice to her? As I preach it religiously in everything that I do, if you're scared, do it anyway. Um, you really, truly do not know your capabilities until you try, no matter how scary, no matter how uncomfortable you are. If you try, you fail, then at least you tried. Um, yeah, if you're scared, do it anyway. Awesome. I love it. Amen. Fantastic night. Fantastic note to end on. Um, I absolutely love it. I couldn't agree more. Um, do it. Do it scared. Do it anyway. I, I always hate when people are like the that whole like no fear thing. Like it's not that we have no fear. It's we do it anyway. Like mm -hmm. I'm scared all the time, but I do it anyway. And like that's the thing. Like, I think this whole no fear thing is a misnomer. I don't, I don't think it's true. I don't think anybody doesn't have fear. It's just do you choose to act in spite of it? Mm -hmm. I love it. Thank you so much, Miss Whitney, for help for for joining, for saying yes, for sharing your story. Um, tell everybody where they can find you, and if anybody is in your area and they want to hire you, where do they find you? Ooh, um, <laughs> so I am mainly on Instagram at Whitney R Y B, and then I also have the Flatland Sisters page. If you just go to my main page, all of my other links are on there, um, and then I have opened up a Facebook page just to cater to um, other people in our area. My company name is called Grace and Grit Construction. Um, and then I have my website link on there as well. Yay. Awesome. So go find her on social media. Go check her out. Show her some support and, uh, and keep up with her because I think this is just the beginning. You've got a great future ahead of you and who knows where it's going to lead you, but I'm excited to follow along on the journey. Um, thank thank you, you so very much for doing it in spite of fear, uh, for saying yes to being on this podcast. Um, this has been awesome getting to know you. And I know the folks at home have enjoyed getting to know you as much as I have. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be respectful you. of your time and let you go for the night. But thank you. And um, we will talk more offline. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye. And thank you guys so much at home for spending part of your evening with us. We really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed meeting Whitney as much as I did. If you enjoyed this episode and this series, please make sure to leave comments, hit like down below, um, help 
spread the word, share this with your friends. The more folks who see these stories or the more comments there are, the more folks will see these stories and the more we normalize women in the trades. And that is what this is all about. So thank you all for being a part of that. Make sure you go check out Whitney, follow her along, see how the rest of her journey unfolds and give her some support. And again, big thank you to our partners, Drive Time for all of their support behind the scenes for women in the trades and everything that they do to make uh, the industry a better place. Thank you to them. Of course, huge thank you to you. Make sure you come back next week to meet another incredible tradeswoman. And of course, tune in every Monday for an archive episode release. Same time, Mondays, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and Wednesdays every week, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, live with new episodes. Until next time, guys, be good to yourselves. Be good to one another. We'll see you later.